Hey everybody, this is Matt and welcome to another Overflow podcast. We are in our series on a road trip where I talk about my latest road trip to South Carolina to be with my mom who's going through a very difficult procedure for her heart. Now, the first two episodes, if you haven't listened to them, listen to those first. In the first one, I explain that my relationship with my mom is not very good. And secondly, I talked about the drive down. But before I get into the night, the first night, I want to talk a little bit more about my relationship with my mom so that you guys can understand a little bit more so I can continue. I didn't really explain this part of it well. When I was, when I got married, I finally let go of the hate and frustration for my parents. And the reason why I know I did that is because I was pouring out all that anger and frustration on my wife. And it was like a bolt out of the blue that I finally figured out that's why I was treating my soon-to-be wife poorly. And so we addressed that in premarital counseling, and it was wonderful. And at that point, I forgave my mom of the pain and my dad of what I went through as a kid. Now, practically speaking, I didn't restart my relationship with either of them because I didn't think it would do me any good. See, my mom had this tendency to push all my buttons and my dad had a tendency to just whip open sores, if you will. (laughs) So I really didn't get along well with them. So I didn't bring them into my life. Now, as I got older, I got more mature and I was able to handle things better. And we had kids. My wife and I were married for nine years before we had our first kid. And so at that time, I had to decide whether or not to bring them as grandparents in. I said, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So my dad started to come over once a week and it was amazing. And so we reconnected. And so we built on something and it was about the kids. And he became a wonderful grandparent to me and we talked every week they would come over my dad and his wife and they would come over and it was great and as my kids got older i realized you know what they got to get their grandmom in their life their nana if you will so i tried to reconnect with my mom so we went down to south carolina the first time and the kids were pretty young we went down there and i went down there saying you know what this is going to be the first of many times i'm going to try to reconnect and being a part of their life After one day, I realized that it was a huge mistake. There were things that were being said, things that I heard, the way she treated them, the way she treated me, how I couldn't stop getting upset at all the things she was saying. She just pushed my buttons and annoyed me and frustrated me, and there was nothing I could do. And so at that point, I looked at my wife, and I was like, you know what? No, this isn't going to happen. I think I remember her telling me, Matt, just take it easy. Why don't you give her another chance? I said, okay. So we we kept the trip a couple of days and then we left. A couple of years later, we went back and it was just as bad. And so I decided at that point, you know what? We're just not going to be there for you. And so I continued with my dad at home and he would come over once a week. And so our relationship was great. The problem was, is my mom never, we never reconnected. So going down to see my mom, I had, I don't have a relationship with her. And I'm, I was struggling with as a child who's grown up, who's now a complete adult, 
who has an aging parent, how much, how responsible are you for your parent when you don't have a relationship with them? And there's nothing really bad between the two of you anymore, but what are you supposed to do? And so that's the really the reason for this series and this pod to give you a little bit more background on what I shared at the beginning. Because at the beginning it was all, I was explaining all the anger and the hurt and the frustration that led to the discontinuing of a relationship. But I didn't talk about how years later we tried to reconnect since I let go of everything, but I realized it's just not going to work. So I rekindled it with my dad, couldn't with my mom. So in light of that, I'm still going down there to try to be a good son. So here I go. I pull into the yard. I see that there's five people on the porch. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, oh no, it's a Mormon ambush. I'm not, I don't believe in what Mormons believe. Mormons uh, add on to the Bible. They add on to the Old and New Testament. They call it the Book of Mormon. And the Book of Mormon basically contradicts the Bible in so many places. It just doesn't match. So I just don't understand how Mormons can call themselves Christians or Christians call themselves Mormons. They're just two separate entities. I was like, oh no, what am I supposed to do? I just wanted to go in there. I was frustrated from a long trip and I just wanted to deal with my mom. Dealing with my mom and her church was not what I had in mind. So I went up there and I was like, well, I still need distilled water for the night. So I'm going to use that. I was like, mom, I need to go out to the store. And by me saying that, everybody just said hi to me, shook my hand and told me to call them and, and they left. And I was like, whew, but it was so awkward. You ever done that? You ever show up somewhere and you see people that you weren't expecting? You may not be the type of person who can just go, hi, you know, or you may be a little introverted. Oh, it was very frustrating, but my mom said, okay, we'll go. And so she came with me and she took me out to the grocery store. So we finally, I get out to this little grocery store that's like 20 minutes away from her house called KJ's. And I walk inside KJ's and literally I had been at four different Walmarts and four other stores, eight stores. I was 0 for 8. Nobody had distilled water. I go down the water aisle and there's one jug of distilled water. And I was so excited. It's misshapen. It's smushed. It looks terrible. No wonder no one took it. But I was like, I don't care what the bottle looks like. It's the inside. So I go up to the register. I She scans it and she says, do you want me to go get you another one? I was like, this is the last one on the shelf. She was like, it's not looking too good. Are you sure you need it? I was like, yeah, I really do. And she was like, I'm sorry. I wish we could charge you a little bit less. And I just looked at her like she was crazy. I was like, this cashier is the nicest lady I've ever met in a store. And she was just so kind. And she continued to talk to me. I was like, yeah, I went to eight different stores and nobody had it. And she was like, oh my. I said, have a good night. And and I left and I was like, wow, what a great cashier. What a wonderful person. And so I finally left. We get to the house. I go in the house for the first time because I didn't unload my stuff before. I opened the, I opened the door. Literally a stench unlike no other wafts at me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And it's a combination of mothballs, dog smell, urine, and who knows what else. And it's just 
awful. And I don't, maybe it's just wet dog. I don't know. I just, I just was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to stay here? And she was like, well, you can sleep on the couch. And I was like, well, I brought an air mattress. And she goes, okay, whatever. But she was like, well, you can't block the floor because my dog likes to go out in the middle of the night. I was like, are you kidding me? So I was like, okay. So I laid on the floor on the, set my bed all up and I'm on the floor and, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to breathe. I was like, well, at least I have a, the CPAP machine on. So I'll just uh, breathe fresh air from the CPAP. Oh no. I found out that the CPAP takes the, the existing air and brings it into the hose. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so I finally lie down and we get to sleep at like, and it's so late. Finally get down at like 1130. Then the mattress kind of deflates a little bit and it's so lumpy. I can't sleep on it. So I get up and I try the couch and she told me that this couch was so comfy and that my sister loved it. I get up on the couch. It is the most uncomfortable thing. And unless you're four foot 10, you can't sleep on this couch. And I'm not that tall, but there's no way I could fit on this couch. First off, it's not wide enough and it's not long enough. It was, it was terrible. So I ended up sleeping on the floor itself and it was so uncomfortable and I had a real rough time going to sleep. And then at around midnight, 1230, the dog walks by me, puts his nose on my face, wakes me up, goes into the kitchen and starts lapping up water. I don't know how this dog did this, but she or he drank for a good two minutes straight. And then he walked back over, licked me, and went to bed. And I was like, oh, my gosh. An hour later, around 2.30, my mom's up calling somebody. And I thought, what are you doing? You got to be up at 5.30, and you're talking to somebody on the phone at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, apparently, they lived out in Seattle, so it was only 11.30 for them. But I'm thinking, it's 2.30 in the morning. I need sleep. Don't you need sleep? It was so frustrating. So I just finally fell asleep at around three o'clock and around six o'clock, she woke me up. And that night, it was so hard. And I remember at around 2.45, I was almost in tears because I was so tired. And I was like, and I just cried out in desperation. I was like, God, help. I tried to make this night good by bringing an air mattress. I brought my sheets that I'm comfortable with. I tried all this stuff to make it work and nothing I did worked out. And no matter how much we plan, things aren't under our control. And I was thinking, why didn't I just pray at the beginning? Because <laughs> I need prayer. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this trip. And I called out to God in desperation and it worked. He helped me. I slept for three hours. You know, that's, that seems like life. You know, we can plan. I planned to get there late at night. I ended up meeting the Mormons. I planned to have everything under control and have a good night's sleep. Nothing worked out. I planned to deal, but I just couldn't. And so I realized that this trip, it's under God's control and I'm just along for the ride. So I was like, you know what, God? I got up in the morning. I was like, thank you for the three hours. I really needed those three hours, especially I drove all day yesterday. And I said, whatever happens, say, God, give me patience and love and care. And that's what happened.
So I prayed for that before I got up. And as I got up and got dressed and we were all ready to go, well, she had trouble. And man, the the language and the joyous atmosphere that I had in prayer just minutes before was completely thrown out the window as I had to deal with my mom who was losing it. And I just chalked it up to, you know what? She's just nervous. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to hurry her up. It doesn't matter if we're five minutes late. And I'm just going to relax. So that was the first night. I'm going to call it the stench night. (laughs) Hopefully I wouldn't have to deal with that again. Well, that's it for this pod. I'm talking a while. Tomorrow I will look at the pre-operation in the hospital and what happened there. Well, I hope that uh, encouraged you somewhat or you could relate to what I'm saying. And I will talk to you later.